Both universal hospital insurance and medical care insurance have been in place throughout Canada for more than 40 years. Although government-sponsored health insurance was a highly charged political issue, substantial federal funding helped to ease its adoption. But decades later, the federal portion of funding has diminished, and data show that the system lags behind those of other prosperous countries on some measures. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Stephen Lewis, the President of Access Consulting in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Mr. Lewis has written a perspective article about healthcare in Canada as part of the journal's series on international healthcare systems. Mr. Lewis, one of the cases in your article describes a patient for whom you say the Canadian public system performs relatively well. It's a hypothetical middle-aged public sector employee who has a moderately severe myocardial infarction. Why does the system work well for that sort of patient, and what other types of patients are also well-served by the Canadian system? Our system is well-designed for people who suffer an event requiring hospitalization. The core of Medicare, as we call it in Canada, which is the universal part, as distinct from the seniors part in the United States, is hospitals and doctors. That was the original bargain when Medicare was rolled out across the country in the 1960s and early 1970s. So this gentleman who has a heart attack will get very rapid care. He'll get good care. He won't wait. If he needs surgery, such as stenting and so on, he will get it promptly. He will not pay a nickel for it. And his post-acute episode drugs will be free while he's in the hospital. So short-term episodes of acute care need are well looked after. In Canada, the quality is pretty good. And at the point of care, nobody will pay anything. So by and large, Canadian health care performs very well at the sharp end of the system. Where it's a little weaker is when you get into the community setting, when you have people with multiple chronic diseases and people who need care from other than doctors. So those patients with chronic diseases, what barriers do they face in the system? There are two kinds of barriers. First of all, while we have an extensive and universal primary health care system and about half of our doctors are family physicians, the quality of care for people who have multiple chronic diseases isn't very good. That's not much different from some other jurisdictions, but it is a problem because these people will often be referred quickly to specialists. It takes a long time to get to see a specialist in Canada. It's the biggest bottleneck in the system. So if primary care is unable to handle people with multiple chronic conditions, they're going to have a pretty tortured journey through the system, particularly if they don't live in major centers. So the other thing is that we don't have universal pharmacare. It varies from province to province about what is publicly covered, but slightly under half of prescription drug spending in Canada is publicly financed. So if you don't have third-party insurance, usually through your employer, you could be on the hook for substantial spending on drugs if you have chronic conditions and if you're elderly. Some provinces have quite generous programs for seniors' prescriptions, and some don't. So if you have a middle-class income and you're in your retirement years and you're on eight or nine prescriptions, your annual drug bill could run into the thousands of dollars out of pocket. If, as you say, the Canadian system is really a collection of separate provincial systems, do certain provinces stand out as better at meeting the needs of their populations, more willing to experiment with access or delivery problems? I don't think we have enough comprehensive information to say that one province is better than another. 
beyond the core programs of medical insurance, which is physician care and hospital insurance, their plans do vary. So, for example, a province like Ontario, which is Canada's largest, has a pretty generous program for seniors' prescriptions. Some provinces charge a basic room and board fee for people in nursing homes, which will be on the order of $1,500 a month, and others means test it, so you can pay up to five and $6,000 a month, depending on the actual cost. I don't think any province performs best across the board in terms of coverage, and we don't have enough robust quality information to say with any certainty that one province provides better care than another. It will vary from place to place and service to service and in some cases procedure to procedure, but we don't have good systematic information that would give you a quality or performance index that compares, say, Quebec to British Columbia. In the United States, high rates of health spending and lack of insurance have dominated health policy conversations in recent years. How does Canada stack up against the United States on those measures, and what can the U.S. learn from Canada? Well, we do have a universal program of public insurance for the core services of hospitals and doctors, and on that ground, we do better than the United States. Public financing accounts for about 70% of all healthcare spending, which is low by OECD standards. So while Canada outperforms the U.S., if we think that comprehensiveness requires a higher proportion of public financing, then Canada is falling short of its European counterparts, for example. We fare rather badly in terms of efficiency if one accepts the rankings of the Commonwealth Fund surveys. We have a pretty inefficient system. We're at about 11% of GDP, but we rank pretty low on value for money depending on whose assessment that you find the most credible. And we rank pretty much at the bottom of the pack in terms of timeliness of care, again, because we have big bottlenecks to see specialists and in some cases to see family physicians. It's not uncommon for people to wait two weeks to get a family doctor's appointment. I think that may be the case in some places in the United States as well. But I think the lessons would go in both directions. The United States can learn from just about any other country in terms of insuring the whole population for core services. But there are subcomponents of U.S. health care, the high-performing systems such as Group Health Cooperative in Seattle, Intermountain Health and Geisinger and so on, who probably offer the best combination of access, quality and efficiency in the world. So increasingly, Canadians are trying to learn from those systems, but our structure is such that it's very difficult to apply the positive lessons of some aspects of American health care to the Canadian scene uh, universally. In 2005, the Canadian Supreme Court overturned a Quebec law that banned private health insurance. Has that decision had any effect on health insurance options or on the larger health care system in Canada? Not really. While that was a very interesting case, and some would argue pretty peculiar jurisprudence, the fact was that six provinces had no ban on private and parallel health insurance even prior to the Quebec decision. The other reality is there's no market for it. Because our system performs pretty well for middle-class people and people who have uh, even more resources, there isn't much motivation for them to buy insurance for physician and hospital care because, again, if you're really sick, you're not going to wait and you're going to get pretty good service from highly trained people. So it was a symbolic challenge and a symbolic victory for those who argue that people should have the right to buy private health insurance for those same programs for which there is universal public insurance, but in practice, nobody's selling it and nobody's buying it. Finally, you spoke of the Commonwealth Fund rankings, which put Canada quite low on measures of safety, quality, access, and efficiency. 
looking at those, are there other countries that have solved such problems? And what approaches did they take that Canada could look to? Well, I think the best performing country on those rankings almost across the board is England. And of course, the National Health Service in England was a very substandard system right through the 90s. And then the Blair government more or less staked its political future on fixing the system, invested quite massively. It was about 6, 6.5% of GDP, and they moved closer to the average of 9 in Europe. But they also required pretty much across-the-board change driven by evidence-based organizations such as the National Institute for Clinical Excellence. So what they did in the UK was put in place a combination of policies and evidence-based strategies that they expected everybody to follow. The lesson that Canada needs to learn is that if you maintain a tradition of quite extreme clinical autonomy, where you really don't manage clinical care in any meaningful sense, you're going to get huge variations in practice and you're going to get variable and I would argue slow uptake of improvements in how you organize the system. So I think the lessons Canada needs to take are, first of all, that you have to look at the system as an integrated whole where physician and other care is fully integrated. Physicians have to be more strongly attached to the system. They're very much at arm's length now. They have a separate agreement with provincial governments that is discreet from every other agreement with others. They're not formally attached to health regions in any meaningful way. That separateness and that autonomy results in a rather anarchic system, which is improved in spots, and there are certainly pockets of excellence, but it's very difficult to scale them up. So I would say, in summary, Canada needs to organize itself for success. It needs to integrate care more closely, and it has to hold the system accountable for performance, not in some draconian looking-over-the-shoulder way, but in requiring physicians and others, for example, to take variation in practice seriously and to develop strategies to address it. We have started quality improvement. Most provinces have a quality agency that is attempting to instill quality improvement methods and so on. But again, it's very slow and the system has proven remarkably resistant to change despite us having doubled spending in real terms between about 1997 and 2010. Thank you, Mr. Lewis.